Imagine this, if you will. You're sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons with your friends. You're rolling some dice and your dungeon master lays out this amazing, beautiful miniature of a green dragon. And you're fighting this green dragon and your turn comes up. And you state to your dungeon master that you want to use your movement and run up the dragon's tail and jump on the lower mid back of the dragon using your daggers to climb your way up to and onto its back further and to its head and you want to do some cool finishing move or something of that nature. You want to be like Legolas in Return of the King in the film. And when you're going to do that, you're interrupted by someone saying, well, actually, according to the rules, you cannot do dot, dot, dot. And then you look to yourself and your players and some of you roll your eyes and others kind of put their hand on their chin or on their face with a sad look or frustrated expression. And the conversation ensues once again between the rules lawyer and the game master, interrupting not only the flow of combat, but the fun narrative adventure that you were having. If you've ever had that experience, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have been with those who are considered rules lawyers, but specifically those that are close-minded rules lawyers. And in today's episode, I want to talk about how to deal with those close-minded rules lawyers and how to make it work with them and even have fun with them. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. When dealing with these closed-minded rules lawyers, we must take into consideration why this individual is being closed-minded. Oftentimes, their appreciation for the rules and the system at hand becomes closed-minded for some reason. It could be that they're not having fun with the particular system and they don't know it just yet. It could be that They love the game and they love the structure of rules, right? They may say, I like the fact that I have 10 rules to play within and that's the enjoyment that I get. Or it just could be something else. I'm not sure. Either way, we have to understand that they have this obsession, love, whatever you want to call it with the rules for a specific reason and we shouldn't be judging them. On the other hand, we have to consider that sometimes this closed-minded player may just want things done a certain way. And I want to state this for both GMs and players, that the moment an individual says that you cannot or you should not be playing this because you are playing this game the wrong way, that is time to hit the brakes and have a deep and intimate conversation about what fun is and why we're playing the game that we all love. For me, I think of the analogy of kids at the playground. When you have one kid who says to another child, hey, you're not playing the game of tag the right way. You're not playing fairly. Okay, that's different. 
Now, if they were to say, well, you're just not playing correctly because you're not following the rules, well, that's a different conversation altogether. And that leads me to my first mo- my first big argument or rather big tip that I have learned in my experience. Communication is key. When you are having your session zero, you need to be adamant about what rules you will bend or break and what rules you will stand firm in. You need to not be the GM that is going to be lukewarm, so to speak, unless you specifically state that you are going to be lukewarm in the rules, you know, and everyone's cool with it. We have to consider that when playing our games, some people enjoy various aspects of the hobby, including playing within the rule set of the game. You will see this often in players of specific demographics, I've noticed, um, those who have played in, in the older editions. Not stating the older demographic, mind you. I'm specifically saying there's a demographic of people, young, old, whatever you want to call it, that just love the grindiness of older editions and other TTRPGs, such as Pathfinder and other crunchy-like games. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that conversation has to be had. The second thing that I would like to recommend to those folks who are having to deal and confront these types of rules lawyers is that you have to consider that that player may just be right. And if they are right, which in their own head they are right, we must allow them to make a brief argument and reference those rules. What do I mean by this? Let me give you an example. Let's say player number one is going to ride up the back of a giant hill giant or a ginormous troll, I don't know, whatever creature you are fighting, and you decide that you're going to bend the rules just a little bit to let this player have their narrative heroic moment. And then the player says, well, the rules state on page 55 that a player cannot do this type of action. Let them make a rule or make an argument for it and why they shouldn't. And as the game master, remind them that, hey, this is a game and we can bend the rules a little bit. But more importantly, I love this little saying. Are you sure you want to hinder your fellow party member from doing something cool and potentially having an awesome experience? That really puts the ball in their court because no, no one wants to hinder that. And if you do want to hinder it, then you're kind of a jerk. But more importantly, 99.999% of the people don't want to hinder that moment. They just want to play by the rules. And that's perfectly fine. So with that being said, let them make an argument for it. And let them 
go on about it, but keep it under five minutes. From there, you have to make a general ruling on the situation. Once the argument has been made, you need to make a ruling, but more importantly, you need to make a mental note on what you're going to do to address it in the future, and you need to be verbal about it. A great way to say that is, hey, I'm going to make the ruling right now, and it's going to be this, but I am making a mental and physical note to relook at the ruling, interpret it, and going forward, we are going to address this ruling as X, Y, Z. That allows your player who brought it up to actually feel like they've been heard, which is going to make them feel like you respect them enough to consider their feelings and their insights. And then obviously you need to look into that ruling and, and make your judgment. But whatever happens, your player knows that you have their back. And within that five minutes of conversation and whatever ruling you make, it's not that big of a deal from a narrative combat perspective. You don't really do anything to upset the flow of combat. Rather, you kind of unpause the video game or unpause the movie and you get right back into it. Now, if something were to happen where that person disagrees with you, whether at the moment or in the future, you must be firm. So number two, be firm in your ruling. Whether they disagree with you now or later, you must be firm. You need to essentially say, hey, this is the way I interpret it right now. Because back to our session zero that we had and to the previous conversations we've had, our style of play is a very cinematic narrative campaign or game, whatever you want to say. And from there, the ruling that I made supports our cinematic narrative campaign. So if you don't like it, let's talk about it a little bit later after the session, and we can, and even outside of the game, uh, gameplay time, and we'll figure out what the best situation will be in the future and go from there. So that's more of like a 2A or a 2B, whatever you want to call it, in the sense of what to do, but you need to be firm, right? You can say, hey, look, I know what the rules are saying right now, and I understand your position um, that you're taking. However, I'm going to do this. So for example, let's give a, a scenario where ruling is considered kind of tricky. Let's talk about coverage, right? In certain rules, especially that of Dun Dungeons and Dragons, coverage can either raise your AC or it can remain the same. And obviously you want a higher AC so that you don't get bonked on, so to speak. So let's say someone says, oh, well, the ruling is off on that. You can say something as simple as, hey, I understand that the rules say that you give your away your position when you are attacking from a hidden position, right? Because you have to stand up, loosen your arrow, and then get back. Okay. Well, if you're in full view, then I'm going to rule this, right? I'm going to say that you can do X, Y, Z, but... 
in the future, maybe we change that, but we, but let's talk about that after the session. So that way we don't stop the flow. Something simple like that. And then they say, well, I still disagree. Well, okay, I understand that you disagree and I respect you for it. But for right now, because I really want to ensure that all our players are having a great time and that everyone in the combat session is having a great time, I'm going to rule it like this. And then we can just talk about it afterward. Something as simple as that can be said. Third, what I like to do is tell my players that every monster, every magic item, any lore that is in my world, unless I specifically state otherwise, it is homebrew and it is a different interpretation than that in the monster manual or any of the books that are out there for us to consume and utilize in our game. I've had certain players tell me, well, the lore of the drow or the lore of the dwarves are not forgotten realms, dragon lands, what have you. And I say, absolutely, they're not because this is my world. This is the world that I created and that y'all are building as well. So things are a little bit different, which often I get a positive response to because it's different rules applying to a different scenario. And that conversation, again, going back to the first point of conversing with your players, this is so important. When you tell your players that some of the things that are in these official rule books are going to be manipulated or rather are going to be altered, they start to understand that, oh, not all these books, not all these rules that I'm going to digest and learn are going to be applicable. So you subconsciously give them a place or a position of comfort because now they know that, okay, some of the rules are going to be bending and breaking and I don't have to necessarily jump at that. Or you're going to have people that say, oh, I don't know if I like this game. Maybe I'll find a different group or a different system or even better. And this is my favorite. When I state this, when I tell them that players are not going or not, not players, excuse me. When I tell the players that the rules in this monster manual or in this DMG player's handbook, you know, supplemental guide is going to be left to my interpretation the cool thing that I get is, oh, so we get to kind of play around with the rules a little bit and we get to really make our own my our own rules up? And I say, yes, we're able to kind of bend it a little bit and that's not a problem. You get this kind of hard exterior of an individual kind of relax and say, oh, okay, I'm going to subconsciously, mind you, pick and choose the battles in which I fight on. I've noticed that when I communicate to my players that this is not going to be like any game they've ever played, they start to have more curiosity and they start to take the rules that they've learned and kind of become what I stated earlier in previous episodes and in this episode even, that you get the rules lawyer that now starts to defend the player, right? As a game master, 
I want the rules lawyer to be at my table because they're going to remember things that I don't. And I want freedom. I want freedom of expression and I want players to have the ability to say, no, I want to do this a certain way. But I love having the rules lawyer there to say, well, wait a minute, Brian. The rule states that you can only do X, Y, Z. And you are doing ABC. Okay, you're keeping me honest and I appreciate that. But on the other aspect, I actually love when the rules rule lawyer says to their fellow player, hey, the rule states this, this, and this, and X, Y, Z. You can, you know, kind of manipulate it and go from there. And they start helping each other out, leveraging the rules. So it's almost like this beautiful hybrid marriage of rule of cool and rule as written. So with that being said, you have to, as the game master and as the players, you have to understand that every good story may or may not take a little bit of bending of rules. And depending on how your game is going to be set and how your game is going to be played, then you have to consider that. Now, mind you, like I stated earlier, it's all about conversation. So just to recap really quickly, to deal with these closed-minded players, you have to have an honest communication or honest conversation, excuse me, about the type of game you're going to play, the rule sets that you're going to use, what you're going to bend and break, and what you're going to be firm on. If you're going to be firm on something such as alignment, because the campaign calls for it, then you must be a you, you you must be firm in that. And furthermore, you must have a heart. You know, you must be able to not sway if you've said no to something in the past. You can't retcon something unless it is for the good of the campaign. But mind you, all things can bend and break depending on the conversation. So again, have a conversation with your players before the campaign, during the campaign, and after sessions. Have a conversation what the expectations are. Be firm in your rulings. That's number two. Understand that you have to be firm in certain things. But in addition to that, let the player have that time to talk and defend their position on that ruling. Let them argue it. Let them feel heard. There's nothing worse than not feeling heard as a human being, it completely sucks, and you don't want to make anyone feel that way. And then lastly, like I stated, have fun with it. Always have fun with it. Technically, this was not on the list, but I feel like it's important to always emphasize this game is about having fun, so have fun with it. Don't let the rules or the strictness or even the fluidity of the rules bind you down. Be someone that can bend and break but be firm in it. So have fun. That's all that this game's about. Have fun. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the time that you have taken to listen to this show. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share this with your friends. If you want to further support the podcast, I highly recommend that you check us out on Patreon. I am moving uh, more into Patreon because I really enjoy world building and I enjoy showcasing world building and 
really helping GMs and players level up their game. And that is how I'm doing it. I'm doing it on Patreon. So on Patreon, just to let y'all know, I have three different tiers you can sign up either for a dollar and just be there to support us and get some cool stuff. $5 allows you to get a bunch of digital content in PDF format for your 5e game. If you want it for Pathfinder, you have to directly message me. But $5 gets you a bunch of NPCs, factions, magic items, anything and everything that you can plug into your game pretty nicely. And at the $10 level, the guild champion, as I call it, you are going to be able to get all that and an additional podcast that actually teaches you how to use the content material from Patreon in your game. So if that's something you'd be interested in and you want to support the channel, check us out on Patreon. If not, please share this with a friend. Love y'all so much. Be kind and compassionate to one another, y'all. Things are crazy, but we can get through this together. And as always, folks, keep gaming.